Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey, Mr. Case. Lil Barron. <laughs> we're, we're done. Uh, we are done. The games have wrapped up. Yes, they have. We awarded our last medal on uh, last Saturday at mm -hmm. about 830 yeah. at night to a, a volleyball division and uh now we're in the midst of kind of organizing and clean up and putting things yes. away uh but wow what a what a what an undertaking yeah what yeah. an incredible event yeah. uh we've had a couple of days to kind of process and think yeah. about it um like i said we're still hard at it like yeah. we're still putting stuff yeah. away and, and staff, in, the, inventorying things the, so the volunteers yeah, yeah. still Just, still busy but yeah it's a different pace. It is. It is. But having had a few days to think about it, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you have a favorite memory, something that stands out to you this year. You know, again, I, I know I've said it before, but just being able to hand out medals at the track and field was so rewarding for me. Yeah. In fact, I probably want to do it again next year <laughs> and, and make more time for it because I just thought that was just really rewarding. One so. of the, I mean, there are so many great uh, volunteer opportunities yes. at the games and yeah. wherever you land, there's the potential for an amazing experience, yes. right? Yes. So many great ways to connect with the athletes or connect with other volunteers yeah. or with the yeah. community. So it's, it's a great, great, uh, you know, just a great way for connections, yeah. Yeah. but one of the best places to be <laughs> is at the medal stage, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah. I mean, after effort, uh, has been extended oh, and yeah. success has been hard earned <laughs> right. to come up to that medal stand and having yeah. that, a medal placed around yeah. your neck. It's a, it's a special thing. Yeah. And to be able to be one of those who place the medal yes. is a pretty cool experience. It, it was a great experience. Yeah, that does not surprise me. Out of all me. of my time, I've never done that. Really? And I did it this yeah, year. Yeah, that does not surprise me that that stands out to yeah, you because it's it cool. Does. And the chances that I have taken yeah. to do that as well, again, one of the best places yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, I have I have a billion memories. I, I mean, every year you have so many fun things that happen and good things that happen and surprising yeah. things that happen. I'm going to say maybe my moment of the games, though, was that last medal ceremony oh. for that volleyball team. They actually ended up playing uh, off-site, so oh. they, they didn't finish their last game at the Dixie Center, which is kind of the headquarters yeah. for the games. They were, I believe, at one of the local schools, oh. mm -hmm. and so we were there you know, kind of starting to clean things up, but we wanted to still have a significant medal ceremony. We wanted them to feel special. They had worked just as hard as everybody yeah. else had. Yeah. Um, but we were, you know, kind of getting uh, prepared for them and also preparing to close the day down yeah. and close the games down. And so as they arrived, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the hall was empty. There wasn't anybody left. Okay. All the other games had been played. But our announcer, Mark Stallings yeah. is his name, our announcer, he just like made it so special. He made it so special and he just, there was no difference in the experience that they had than the very first yeah. team who received medals and everyone was tired. And, yeah. you know, there were a lot of reasons why we could have just said, hey, 
you know, maybe if you swing by, we can hand them to you yeah. out the door and then, you know, just head yeah. on your way. That was not the way that it was done. Yeah. And that's not the way that it ever should be done no, or ever right. will be done Good. at the games. But for, to be able to just witness that, to yeah. see our volunteers just step up and make that a fun, special, amazing experience. Like it should be yes. for each one of our athletes yeah. to me personified what all of our volunteers, what all of our staff, what all of all the team yeah. that puts this games on, yeah. it just personified what it's all about. Yeah, That was one individual uh, and an individual moment, but I think that it, it, it that gets played out yeah. over and over yeah. and over yeah. and over throughout the duration of the games. And it was just an amazing touching moment yeah. to see, Hey, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter first or last, the last will be first, the first will be <laughs> last. However, right. however you want to look at it. It was just a, a fun moment for yeah. me to reflect on this. This is cool to watch. And I know that it happens yeah. in various forms yeah. over and over and over again. And so thank you yeah. to everybody on the team that helps make yeah. it happen. Yeah. And, it, and it takes a team oh, oh my it word does. it takes a team it takes an <laughs> army it takes a, a village of people to pull yeah. it together and and uh, we're so grateful for everyone that does play their role but that was yeah. that was one of the things that kind of yeah. stood out to me it's and awesome. i felt like it just personified what my next one was about. winning a goal in the pitching contest hey. at social, or no at, at golf, golf skills, skills. <laughs> that was a good one as well yeah because i don't pitch very well <laughs> but but on that day you did i did on it only takes one <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Little today's guest. Yes. We've been talking about athletes. We've been talking uh, about the games. We've been talking about some of the yeah. amazing experiences. Today's guest is one of our amazing athletes. Yes. Bruce McBarnett is truly a man yeah. of a wide variety of yeah. talents. Oh, he's done so many great things. But as an athlete, as a high jumper, he boasts an impressive record of 15 world championships and 43 USA National Masters Championships for his age group, <laughs> along with numerous U.S. and world records. His most recent achievement occurred just a couple of uh, just a week or so ago, about 10 days ago, as he broke the Huntsman World Senior Games record for the second consecutive time wow. in two years. Wow. So his athletic achievements have earned him a place in the USA Track and Field Masters Hall of Fame. He's been consistently recognized as Masters Athlete of the Year for his age group by the organization. You maybe even have seen Bruce on TV or on the big screen as well. He's acted in numerous shows and movies, among many other things. And there are many other things. He's even been featured in the pages of Sports Illustrated wow. as well. Welcome, Bruce. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here today with both of you. We're uh, excited to yes. get to know you a little bit and uh, tell some stories and just have some fun. Yeah. I, I want to jump right into it. We Again, we, we talked about there are so many things that you've done in your life. Uh, let's focus on the high jumping for just a minute, and then we'll kind of branch out from there. How did you get started in high jumping? Uh, sure, that's a good question. Uh, I didn't start high jumping until I was actually in college at Princeton University, which was very unusual because most of the people on the Princeton track team were high school stars. I walked on with no, not only um, uh, never been on the track team, but I had no track and field experience whatsoever. But uh, I was on the football team at Princeton, and uh, my freshman year, I figured, well, after the football season, I should do something to stay in shape. So I went out for the track team. I was the fastest guy on the football team, so I figured that must be of some value on, on yeah. the track team. 
And uh, also it was a, an easy uh, fit for me because uh, my father was uh, good friends with the track coach at Princeton. The track coach was a legendary coach. Uh, his name is uh, Larry Ellis. Yeah. Uh, and he was uh, coach of the Olympic team as well as uh, chair of USA Track and Field. Uh, whatever accolades you could achieve as a coach, he, he pretty much did. Um, and he had suggested to me, gee, you know, we have a, a number of sprinters, um, but we don't have many good high jumpers. And we could use some high jumpers. You're tall. You're fast. Um, maybe that could uh, work well in the high jump. I tried the high jump. Uh, uh, immediately, I was the number two high jumper on the team. Uh, I was jumping over six feet. And then um, after uh, freshman year, going into my sophomore year, I was um, jumping 6'6 uh, six, six and um, scoring points for the team. Uh, at that time, the coach brought on an assistant coach by the name of Fred Samara, an Olympian who uh, was a decathlete. And as a decathlete, he knew all the events and was able to uh, give me some excellent coaching with respect to the high jump. In fact, I just came from his uh, retirement ceremony uh, just a couple of days ago. Oh, cool. Uh, he had been coached for 45 years at Princeton University. Wow. But, um, so that's how I, how, how I got into track and field, and I loved it. I just stayed with it. And became one of the best high jumpers in Princeton's history, and then uh, actually got better after college, having some of my best performances when I was uh, in law school and the year after law school, uh, jumping seven feet consistently. Wow. And uh, I came, I just continued on. I never stopped. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I've had some um, incredible degree of success with it, because very often, if you stop, it's hard to get back what you've lost. It's hard to bring it back, right, for so sure. most track and field athletes, they stop at some point in time before they get back into master's track and field. But I just kept going throughout. And that uh, has helped me a lot in being able to put up uh, some incredible performances. So what and I'm thankful credit. for people like you for being able to put on events at which high jumpers like myself and other athletes can test their skill. Well, it is definitely our pleasure to be able to do yeah. that, Bruce. It, yeah. it certainly is. And, and what a credit to your athleticism. I know, I mean, you kind of just breezed by it, but mm -hmm. to, to comprehend that the very first time that you're there and exposed to, to the high jump as a sport, I mean, I'm sure you probably had seen it before, but have you never done it before? to walk out there and be able to reach six feet right off the bat. Right. Bruce, that's incredible. That is incredible. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, just absolutely amazing. Well, it sounds like you actually uh, had the opportunity to associate with some really incredible coaching as well yeah. along the way. And uh, and I'm I'm impressed and, and inspired by your uh, continuation, your consistency. Um, like you said, for many reasons, masters athletes tend to take a little time off. All of them are good, you know, whether it's family or work or 
uh, injury or whatever, you know, many people do tend to take some time off, but you've just been able to continue on, which does bring me, uh, uh, brings a question to my mind, at least. Um, how have you worked through injuries during your career? Certainly throughout this, uh, you know, decades of competing, you've probably, uh, I would imagine you've run into that challenge. Um, how do you, how do you get past that? What do you do to, to get back on, on track after you've had an injury? Good question. Good question. Uh, I do get injured like many other athletes do, but um, one thing that uh, distinguishes me from many athletes, and uh, a lot of athletes find this almost uh, as amazing as the uh, records that I've set, if not more so, is that uh, even if I get injured, I'm still able to compete or get well enough to be able to com- compete at the highest level. In fact, I once uh, came on the track with a, a cane, uh, thinking that I might have to use it getting off the track. Oh, no. um, I had hurt my foot and didn't know how it would stand up in competition. And uh, it turned out it stood up okay. Um, I was fine. I didn't have to use the cane. And uh, people... I made fun of the fact that I brought a cane to the track. They said, you're trying to strike out the competition. That's, that's why you brought it. Yeah. But, um, yes, I do get injured, but I do recover. One of the things that has given me a decided advantage, I'm convinced, is there is uh, an energy practice that I do called Sukiyo Maitari, something similar to Reiki. Uh, Reiki is another very mm-hmm. popular uh, form of energy practice. Uh, this involves radiating energy from the palm of the hand held about a foot away from the recipient. And they have these centers all over the world where you can go and receive this energy, and uh, it's free. These, this organization is, is a community service organization that makes this energy available to anyone who wants to receive it. It's sort of their way of making a difference in the world. So they're a little bit different from, let's say, the traditional holistic uh, healing practices that charge you money for their services. But um, fortunately, everywhere I've gone around the world, there's been one of these centers that I've been able to stop in at before uh, competing. Also, I learned how to do it myself. Uh, I discovered it in Hawaii. And if you know how to do it, you can also uh, give this energy to yourself. And I have found that it makes a, a tremendous difference in my ability to uh, recover quickly from injuries. And wow. uh, so that's one thing that I can say uh, truly distinguishes me from other athletes when it comes to being able to recover quickly from injuries. Yeah, that's fascinating. Really, yeah. really, uh, really interesting. And, you know, so many people have yes. different, different modes of preparation or whatever. And it sounds like you found one that works exceptionally well for you. Uh, over an incredibly long and storied career. Um, that's my next question for you, Bruce. You, you've had so many um, opportunities and experiences through competition. I'm wondering if you maybe share uh, one of your favorite stories, one of your favorite experiences, whether that was in your younger days or as you moved into Masters. What's, what's just one experience that really stands out to you as uh, you know, a good memory of your overall um, career within the uh, track and field community? Well, I guess uh, one thing that uh, stands out in my mind is uh, when I was 45, um, 
I was uh, going to New York to compete in a, a big meet there, uh, which was held at the Armory. Uh, the schedule, my schedule was really tight between things I had to do, my obligations in the Washington, D.C. area, and uh, my travel arrangements to get up to New York to compete in this meet. The meet was held in the Armory, uh, which is a, a very historic indoor track and field facility in New York. And part of my schedule also involved uh, being able to compete the next day at a uh, New Jersey uh, Track and Field Association Championship. And uh, I got to New York. Uh, the high jump was delayed. I didn't finish jumping till about 11.30 at night. And uh, not only did I win the meet, even though I had to wait several hours before competing, which is something as a high jumper you, um, you, know, you plan when you're going to perform and plan your warm-up accordingly. And um, not having the ability to plan properly as I would normally plan um, for competition, I was uh, impressed that I was able not only to win, but also set a new world record at that meet. Wow. And then... Um, Right after the meet, I hopped on a subway train, got over to New Jersey, got to a hotel. Um, and then the next day in the morning, I was competing at this uh, meet in New Jersey. And uh, typically, I don't compete on consecutive days uh, in the high jump. Actually, that's the first time I ever did that. And I was 70, I, excuse me, I was 45 at the time. So I really did not have any idea uh, how things would go, but I did know I very much wanted to be in this meet in New Jersey. And it turned out that not only did I win the meet, but I also broke my own world record that I had <laughs> broken the day before. Wow. So I had two consecutive world records on consecutive days wow. in different meets. You may be on and, something there, Bruce. You you might have found the secret. Right. Have a have a uh, very unexpected and and difficult first day, and then turn right around and do the the same thing the next day. That's Even that's better. actually incredible. That's an incredible story. Thank you, thank you. And uh, what what added to the drama at this uh, meet in New Jersey was it was a local it was a local meet. They weren't expecting to see me there or see an athlete of my caliber at that meet. And when I showed up, one of the jumpers um, who saw me uh, was startled and he said, oh, my goodness, Bruce is here. We're definitely not fooling around today. Not today. Because whenever I'm at a meet, I have a chance of breaking an American record at least, right. if not Absolutely. a world record. Yeah. I don't break a record every time I compete, but I often have a, a good shot at it. There's so always that possibility. That means I have to pull out all the formalities associated with a world record or American record attempt, which means making sure that I have the requisite number of internationally certified officials witnessing the jump, mm 
Then I get them all to sign the necessary paperwork to certify it. And I have to make sure that the facilities uh, meet the necessary requirements. Um, not every high jump bar can be used for purposes of establishing a world record or an American record. So there's certain uh, requirements that need to be met. And most officials at most meets never ever um, have an opportunity to witness a world record or American record attempt, much less witness a world record or American record being set. At the USA National Championships or at the World Championships, those officials are have much more experience. At yeah, that. they're going to see the more no official would have experience. It's not unusual that no official would have experience actually doing it. They would have to basically learn by reading the rule book about what they need to do. So um, I had to help coach the <laughs> officials through <laughs> what their what their uh, obligations were for this particular. And then I had to make sure that they signed because sometimes they'll witness, but then they'll leave the facility or go someplace, and then I'll have to run after them yeah. or have another official mail paperwork. So, um, so it was interesting at this meeting in New Jersey. I had a lot of uh, administrative <laughs> uh, chores to do in, in addition to competing to make sure that uh, the officials were on track for being able to certify the performance. There really is so much. That uh, here's into. another story I'll say with respect to certifying uh, performances. I was once in a, a world championship in Europe, and uh, I was, again, uh, attempting a world record, and I asked the head official to show me who the officials were that were going to certify it. Not all officials have the requisite credentials to, be able right, to, yeah. to witness a world record. And then um, they showed me their credentials. Uh, I asked them, um, they were word around their, their neck. And then I asked each of the officials, are your credentials current? And first one said yes, second one said yes, I went down the line. And last one said, he laughed, he said, believe me, you're not going to have any problems with me because everybody knows I hate Americans. And if they see my signature on the form, they'll know the jump was good. <laughs> so did you get his signature uh, on the form? Uh, it turns out that I did not break the record. So there was no need to fill out the form <laughs> that day. Darn it. But uh, he added a certain degree of levity to the situation, even yeah. though being an American, I was a butt of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, I, I know you have so many other stories and so many experiences, and we didn't even really get into your, you know, your practice of law and your acting and things like that. We've run out of time, unfortunately, but let me just say thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thanks yeah. for being an example of what active aging is and can be. And let me just say, as so many others have said before, I'm sure congratulations on just an incredible, yeah. incredible career in track and field. And we know that it continues and we just wish you the very best in everything that you're working on. Thank you very much. Thanks for interviewing me. Good oh, stuff. Really Lil. good stuff. I mean, yeah. really like just 
to, to, to be able to think about the, the longevity yeah. of Bruce's career uh, is amazing. And then also just to be able to see the amount of success. Yeah. I mean, so many world records, so yeah. many national records, 15 world records, 43 yeah. national championships. Just incredible. Congratulations yeah. to Bruce. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, the games are indeed over. We're in yeah. the middle of cleaning up and things, but we're also processing and formatting all of the results. Yes. We're trying to get through that as quickly as we can. If you'd like to check out the results as an athlete or even just as a fan, yeah. you can check that out at seniorgames.net. Mm-hmm. And don't miss that because there's some pretty incredible yeah. results, times, distances. Yeah. I think people would be uh, surprised yes. and impressed. Yes. Uh, if they took a minute and, and went through the results. And of course, there are records that are said yeah. and that we're again formatting all that for our website, seniorgames.net. Next week's guest is May Tom. May is a registered dietitian and functional medicine practitioner. May has given talks and held workshops for groups all around the world and has contributed to publications such as Shape and Women's Health magazine. She currently works in private practice with individuals and families to optimize health and uncover root causes of illness that so often remain unaddressed by conventional medicine. This is going to be a good show next week. You don't want to miss that. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and we turn it into a podcast and you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. If you are listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating or write a quick review. It really helps spread the word. And then you can find this and previous shows right on our website, which is once again, seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought comes from Elon Musk. And he says, if something is important enough, even if the odds are stacked against you, you should do it. Mm. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.